been doing it for a few years now. Also a guy who knows this Baylor softball program as well. John, what a weekend it is that we have ahead of us, a a spring game, which we always get excited about, and then a packed out, a sold-out Getterman Stadium. The Getty is going to be packed, and I just spent most of the 5 o'clock hour previewing with the voice of Oklahoma uh, softball this series. I mean, John Winslow, I mean, it's, that's, it's, it's a pretty – I mean, can you remember – a softball series that had this sort of build up. It's been a, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, you know it's a, you know Baylor's playing really well. OU two-time defending national champ, number one. They're probably a little fired up since they lost to Baylor here earlier in the year in February, four to three, a non-conference game at the uh, Getterman Classic. I would imagine they're coming in here with a whole lot of motivation. Yeah, and Patty Gasso, I looked up, I was listening to a radio hit or something she did earlier, and uh, she said, I mean, you know, I thought they might kind of play it down like, hey, just another game kind of thing. And, boy, she she had some kind of interesting things to say. And (laughs) the main thing being, it's hard to beat us twice. And I I they, I think they have no intention. Like I think Baylor would have to feel pretty good about winning one of these three. If they won two, we might just call off the rest of the season. I would go ahead and just try to go ahead and go with the nat- you know, claim a national title and not play anymore. One out of three would be great. But boy, they're not going to make it easy. Um John, and no. I, 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 this is something that's been on their mind. And while they, I think, tip their cap to the Bears, I think they feel like they're a lot better team here in April than they were when that, when that game occurred. Well, uh, after that game on February 19th, I went over to OU um, to interview Coach Gasso, and she talked to her team a long, long time. Uh, they don't lose very often, so uh, they probably went over a few things, and now they've had, you know, kind of two months to stew on that. And, uh, I mean, they're a great team. (laughs) They have the top three ERA leaders uh, in the Big 12 on their pitching staff. They have five of the seven top hitters in the Big 12. They lead the country with a 380 batting average. Uh, They're way up there with 76 homers. I mean, they're a powerhouse, and they just don't lose very often. And they will be, uh, like I said before, they will be really motivated here. Yeah, I think highly motivated. John Warner, who's always motivated. John, we had some, <laughs> we had some breaking news occur. Like you know, as you were kind of getting ready to come on, I know you probably had been tipped off to this earlier in the day, but University has a new head coach, and he comes from. Well, Baylor, and also has been at Midway, the defense coordinator. There was some thought that they might go with somebody who had been on Kent Laster's staff, and they had some good candidates, and they've decided to go with a uh, former defensive tackle from Baylor, Karon Johnson. And I was talking to you earlier uh, before you came on or before we went on the air about, like, trying to kind of think back to his career. And, boy, you remember – uh, covering him 
with the Bears, but, I mean, this is a young guy. I mean, he was playing for Baylor right around, like, 2010 and 2011 when they started winning those uh, those bowl games. And when Art kind of got things rolling a little bit with the Bears, this is a uh, – I think it's a big high. I think University needed to answer but because Laster had gotten it turned around you can't afford to take a step backward after you finally back in the playoffs. And John, I I think uh, I think there'll probably be some excitement uh, around Waco with this hire by Ed Love and his group. Yeah, it's definitely an, an interesting hire. You know, like you said, like you said, he's pretty young. He's in his thirties. Uh, I do remember him. He was a good player. Uh, Phil Bennett had just come here in two thousand eleven. Uh, Baylor's defense improved quite a bit that year, and and Kalon was a really solid lineman for them, and uh, that was of course RG3's Heisman year, and uh, you know the defense stepped up and played a lot better than they had been, and uh, but yeah, it's very interesting. Um, you know, uh, Midway obviously struggled last year, so uh, you know we'll see. Their defense really struggled. Uh, so, but obviously, uh, university sees a lot in K. Ron, and and they like his potential as a head coach. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Going after old Shane's staff out there, going to turn into Midway, and we'll see how that goes. John, we'll be out there at that spring game tomorrow. Boy, you're going to have to wear a, a lot of hats tomorrow, but that doesn't bother you. Very versatile reporter. Uh, I hope uh, you'll stop by if you can. They're having the uh, uh, Office of Baylor alumni is having that barbecue cook-off. And uh, our old friend Blake Blackmar, Anthony Papa Ray from back in the old days. With, oh, uh, yeah, I remember Papa. Papa's going to be there. Last year he won the cook-off by one point over Blackmar. Wow. So you have to do chicken. I think there's like a brisket. There's steak. I mean, there's a lot involved. Ribs. I think there's some ribs involved and uh and they really get after it out there on the grill like blackmar has purchased all this equipment i mean he's dedicated a lot of his life and i think his wife would prefer him maybe not spend as much time on the grill yeah, he was telling us uh, he, he's legendary <laughs> you know on the grill <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, yeah and, see him on twitter all the time and uh yeah, he was a really good lineman for Baylor, too. But, uh, you know, he probably, you know, uh, kind of got his feet wet cooking for some of his offensive line, fellow offensive linemen. And uh, and he's really developed his skills there. So that, well, that's I, the key. I, you got to yeah. develop your skills. Yeah, I'd like to see you, like, on a green egg or one of those, uh, <laughs> yeah, Weber or whatever they are. There's some, There's one of them that's really uh, something. Oh, Traeger. I think you would really enjoy doing some work on a Traeger. Now, Whoa. John, are, are you feeling that this quarterback thing, they kind of know they're going to let them play it out, see what happens. Um, I, I think there have been cases in the past where maybe the spring game has had some impact on the thinking, but they just know so much more about shaping. Now, it says a lot about Sawyer Robertson that he's come in here and he's turned so many heads and he's won over so many players. Like, I don't know if the guy's going to start at quarterback, but he leads every Bible study on campus. I mean, he's a this is a big-time leader that has arrived. What are you, what are you sensing is the ba- where the battle is right now, and, and what are you kind of looking for between these two quarterbacks in tomorrow's spring game? 
Well, I do think Blake is the leader. I don't know if Dave will announce that this spring or not. But, uh, you know, every interview you have with Coach Aranda or Coach Grimes, they, they mention his leadership skills, how they've really improved since last fall, how he's been more outgoing and more vocal. And uh, But I think probably having Sawyer Robertson has probably kind of pushed that a little bit because he, he seems like he's a natural leader, uh, just a very friendly personality. Uh, you know, his teammates are pretty drawn to him. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, of course, uh, you were there the other day with Coach Grimes, and, uh, you know, uh, Sawyer has pretty much been an air raid guy his whole career. So he's really had to learn uh, more of a pro-style approach with Coach Grimes and the wide, wide zone scheme. So he's had a bit of a learning curve here, uh, but it sounds like it sounds to me like Blake's still the leader. But but, but we'll see. Well, I found it interesting that those uh, new guys, the transfer portal guys, are making such an impact. And one of the things Dave mentioned in an interview I did with him a couple of days ago, you know, and we'll have to keep our eye out for him, John. That Mike Smith, that linebacker that came in from Liberty. And then, of course, we heard from uh, uh, Dave the other day when you were out there, uh, Keytron Jackson from mm-hmm. Arkansas. These are not just kind of – in the past, the, they've been good players that came to the portal, but in some sense they were kind of complementary-type players to people they already had. I'm getting the sense that these guys are not coming in here like, hey, we just want to help out. These guys may be your front-line leader – best players on both sides of, 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 of the ball. And, and that is a little bit different. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just a little bit different thing for Baylor. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Uh, Dave has said that a couple times already. Uh, these transfers are going to be some of the leaders on the team. And part of that is because they lost a whole bunch of fifth-year seniors last year, guys like Connor Galvin, Dylan Doyle. So they need guys stepping up into leadership roles. And, but not only uh, are they leaders, these guys are talented. Keytron Jackson, Coach Grimes was talking about him the other day, just how strong he is against man-to-man coverage. They didn't really have a guy like that last year. Uh, Mike Smith, uh, you know, he, he's a very good linebacker, good leadership skills. you got the Barrington brothers on the offensive line. They're both probably going to start. Uh, you got Isaiah Dunson, cornerback from Miami. He's got a good chance to start. Uh, Dominique Richardson, running back from Oklahoma State. He's going to play a lot. I mean, the transfers they have uh, are really going to be like uh, valuable players on this team. And a big reason for that is because they, uh, they have a lot of young guys this year, and they need some veteran guys who've you know, been in the wars more to step up. Have you been around these Barrington brothers yet? I'm kind of, I mean, it almost sounds like some kind of financial institution or something. I'm, I'm kind of excited to get to know these guys a little bit. Are they, do they look a lot alike? What, what, have you been, have you spent any time around the Barrington brothers? Uh, let's see. We had Clark out there uh, for interviews. It was a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, he's real outgoing. I think Campbell's a probably a little uh, more quiet. Uh, yeah. but they, they do look very, very much alike. 
<laughs> well, you know, there are a couple years difference in age. Yeah. Uh, but they really, you know, fit into that offensive line room. Um, everybody likes them. Of course, this O-line group, it, it's really a work in progress with all the fifth-year seniors they lost. So they, they needed those two guys to, you know, really step up and, you know, be integral parts of that offensive line. But, yeah, yeah. I think they fit in quite well. Yeah, John Warner from the Waco Trib. John, last thing I had for you, what about that tight end room? Wasn't that funny the other day? They had three tight ends, and then somebody remarked, yeah, we, we were in a meeting the other day. We had nine tight ends in there, and, and while they'll miss Ben Sims, great player. I mean, he, he had a great, yeah. unbelievable pro day. But with Drake Dabney coming back from surgery, looking great when we visited with him, but but this new guy, I mean, you mentioned a ton of transfers. I don't think we got around to Jake Roberts yeah, from UNT. He looks like he's going to be something. And then and then they just kept going right down. I think it was was it Gavin. I mean, it's just like player after player. And of course, not all these guys can be on the field at the same time. But that does seem like even without Ben Sims, with Kelsey um, Johnson, some of those different guys. That that could end up being a real position of strength for the Bears. I've never heard of nine tight ends on a college football roster, especially these days, you know, with all the air raid attacks and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like – and Coach Time said that's, that's the depth he's been wanting, you know, in, in the three years that he's been here. So, yeah, it sounds like they have a lot of potential there. Jake Roberts was a really good addition. Uh you know, Drake Dabney was having a really good year until he broke his leg last season. So he'll be motivated to come back. Uh, Gavin Yates is, is a really versatile guy. Uh, he can play fullback, too. So uh, that sounds like a pretty deep room. I, I mean, that, that's a ton of tight ends. Yeah. Did you hear that when I asked that Jake Roberts about playing with the oldest quarterback at UNT, the oldest quarterback in the country? Austin Awney was either 29 or going on 30 when he finished his career recently with UNT to try to go pursue the NFL. And he turned around and he said, yeah, the guy's old enough to be my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. He was also talking about yeah, a little uh, barbecue for, for his tight end room. And uh, he had yeah. to ask his mom for extra money. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't think maybe he's got as big an NIL deal as some of these guys in Austin, perhaps, when you're still asking yeah, your mom to, yeah, to put a little extra mom, money in there? Yeah. yeah, probably not. I think with that many tight ends, you ought to do something fun with NIL. You know, you got nine tight ends. The tight ends ought to kind of brand themselves uh, in a sense and come up with some kind of marketing idea. I really think, John, if they would turn to us, we could really help them with some of these NIL things. But <laughs> I've noticed nobody ever asks us for these things, or at least me. But, uh, yeah, they, well, yeah, they really should. All right, John, you probably have to go right. But uh, I just, Friday before a spring game, sometimes I just kind of look at my, I'm kind of thinking what I want to do for the day. And I was like, God, I'd like to talk to John today. So I know they, they changed some things up. Thank you for being amenable. Uh, and uh, flexible yeah. with your schedule, and uh, always fun to visit with you. And I look forward to seeing you either uh, at the football, the softball, all the fun stuff tomorrow. Yeah, just take your pick.
<laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Okay. See you, Matt. There he goes. John Warner from the Waco trip. The vid-